Well, here we are, live from under the escalators yes. <laughs> at the Cornhusker Marriott in downtown Lincoln, Nebraska. And we're here with Les Lofquist, um, former executive director of the uh, of IFCA International. Uh, before we jump into what you're doing now, why don't you just give us some background of your time with the IFCA, and that really probably goes really far back, obviously, before you were uh, directing it. But but just uh, your affiliation with the IFCA, what you appreciate about the IFCA, um, and why you're here today. Well, first off, thanks for asking the question. I'm really uh, grateful uh, to be here with you guys and your interest, and uh, uh, I love what you're doing. Um, as far as IFCA, back in 1999, I was appointed executive director, and um, I spent a one-year overlap with Dr. Richard Gregory, who was the previous executive director. And then in 2000, um, I was launched out into uh, my um, new ministry as the full executive director. And so I served there um, 20 years in the home office, and uh, it was uh, just really great, great time. I loved it a lot. So you, this is actually your, is, if I got the time right, timeline right this is the first convention back in person we had covid last year yes but the first convention where yes you are not the director how does that feel well i'll tell you um it feels great but the a lot of people have asked me and it doesn't feel that different i mean i'm not running around when there's trouble and uh like the technology the uh mic is off or uh, the video uh, camera's not working or um, something's happening over here i'm not running around but the same feel. I get to see guys like you. I get to see all my friends talk about what's happened in the in the previous since I've last seen them. Well, it's been you know two years since I saw saw everyone because last year with COVID, we met virtually. So this has been really exciting, actually. And your transition from IFCA now you're at Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Yes. How did you decide that? Okay, you know, I'm going to get into seminary training, education mm -hmm. of, of teaching. How did you decide that decision when I'm sure there were, you had a whole world of opportunities before you could have gone in back into pastoring, you could mm -hmm. have gone into any mission organization, anything you could have wanted. You chose to go into seminary. Yes. Teaching seminary. One of the things, awesome. yeah, okay, that's, that's a great question. Uh, first off, the thing that brought me a lot of joy when I was in the IFCA position was meeting with young guys like you. And uh, to talk to you, encourage you, encourage your wife, um, talk to you about ministry. So that was always a great uh, joy for me to, to hang out with younger guys. And then um, the, uh, when it came time for me to transition out, and that was a decision I made. They didn't ask me to, but I just thought, you know, they need a new voice. Uh, they need, need new direction, which is just a natural and a good thing. And also I do too. After 20 years, I, I wanted to do something else. And so when I was 65 years old, um, I pointed to that and said, that's 20 years, that's a good time for me to start transitioning. So the transition began a couple years before when I announced it, they had a search committee, things like that going on on the IFCA side. As far as my own life and my side of it, um, I spent um, those two years just talking and thinking I was thinking about maybe planting a church. Um, I love Utah and thought about planting a church out there and uh, then was thinking about pastoring. Um, and then I was thinking about my love to be with younger guys and teaching. 
And um, so I had all these, these different, I did have different options um, and opportunities, but the one that was most attractive was the one I ended up in, and that was I um, am at the Shepherd's uh, Seminary, Theological Seminary in uh, Cary, North Carolina, right outside of Raleigh. Um, and the reason it drew me to that, the, I love the church. The church was called Colonial Baptist Church, and just uh, in January of 2021, we changed the name to the Shepherd's Church. So the Shepherd's Church with an apostrophe S, meaning we uh, belong to the Good Shepherd, the Great Shepherd, and he is. This is his church, and then uh, Shepherd's Theological Seminary is, is is there as well. So it combined both things. I had opportunity to teach younger men. And there are also women in my classes. Uh, some of them are training to be involved in uh, biblical counseling and other kinds of ministries in their local church to uh, women and children. So I get a chance to be with uh, uh, and train uh, future leaders as well as to be a pastor. So I actually wear two hats. I am uh, a professor of uh, pr practical theology and I teach pastoral uh, theology classes like uh, church administration, how to run a church, and I also teach ministry preparation classes for people who don't think they're going to be a pastor, but they definitely want to learn elements of ministry like humility and teamwork and handling criticism, stuff like that. And, and I also teach uh, preparation for ordination, uh, which is a, a, like a capstone class where um, I we, we talk about all the, the doctrines. I pepper them with questions, and it's like they're going through an ordination exam every week. You'll have me this fall. Yep, that's right. Can't wait. Can't wait to have Ken. In fact, he's, I better stop now before he learns, you know, too many of the little tricks in the class. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then the, the fourth class I teach is expository preaching. So that's the seminary side, 75% of my time. But I also serve as pastor of members, membership and assimilation, so that I'm, uh, I work with our churches. Uh, we, we have about 2,000 people now. Before COVID was 3,500. So um, we have a number of people who come in, and we want to help them to learn how to assimilate into, into the church, how to become uh, effective members, um, what are the things they need to do. Um, so, um, you know, I work with uh, that. Plus, also, I oversee all the various uh, baptiz baptisms. We have, we usually have about, uh, we're averaging now maybe eight a month. Um, so uh, we work those in, and I have to interview people or make sure one of the pastors handles those baptisms. So I'm pretty busy in ministry, which is exactly what I wanted to do, local church-based ministry. So we say the seminary is a seminary for the local church in a local church. Now before we get back into the shepherd side of things, I have a couple questions sure. about that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Utah. Yes. And I can't pass this up I know. because I'm obviously a pastor there. Yes. And you married into the Ransom family. Yes. You were the son-in-law of Ira Ransom. Yes. Who in Utah evangelical history terms is a legend in a lot yes. of ways. Yes. True. <laughs> like, yeah. an, like, like an apostle. Yeah. Yes. So, um, can you just spend a moment talking about your father-in-law oh, and gladly. what you learned pastorally from him oh, and yes. his heart for, for Utah and how he served there so faithfully? Yes. Uh, my father, Ivor Ransom, um, uh, grew up in Nebraska, met his wife 
in Nebraska. They're both from uh, native Nebraskans. He went to Moody Bible Institute and then ultimately ended up in Utah in 1955. Um, he went to Brigham City, uh, which is like 32 miles north of Ogden. And then from there, planted a church, and then he went to Logan, which is uh, about uh, 45 minutes through a mountain pass. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, community. Logan is where Utah State is, Utah State University. What I learned from my father-in-law is um, he, he was such a, a reasonable person. And in ministry, there are so many demands on you and so many uh, times when things don't go the way that you had anticipated. Uh, there, there can become some uh, angry opportunities or lashing out at people. He was never like that. He was always so reasonable. I loved that about him. Um, I also loved the fact he was just, he, he just never quit. He just stayed at it. Um, he was so faithful and loyal uh, to the work of God. And um, no matter how many people came to church, he was, he was ministering and ready and I learned so much from him on that level. I also loved uh, my father-in-law for um, his passion with the, uh, with the gospel, to, to see people come to Christ. I would talk to him about that all the time. Um, probably the, the greatest benefit when I was in Utah that I derived from my relationship with my father-in-law, he lived about 35 minute drive away. And I would frequently say to my wife, Miriam, I'd say, Miriam, let's go see your parents. And she'd always say, yeah. But as we're driving up, I said, I just need to be with your dad. And what happened when I was with him, when I was with him, I hardly ever once had to say, dad, I'm kind of discouraged. I would just go there and we would start talking and I would hear his calm demeanor and his uh, very sure way of uh, going through life. And I would think, Dad has been here since 1955, and he has seen everything. I've only been here six years or eight years or whatever it was at the time. And he helped me so much. And he didn't, he, I don't think I ever once said, Dad, I'm discouraged, help me. How, how, did you, how did you stay encouraged? So he was awesome that way. And one of the people who got saved through his ministry in Logan was Lee Whitworth, yes. who I was the associate pastor yes. with uh, at the church where I'm now. I remember Lee as a little boy. <laughs> yeah, I know his whole family, all of all of his siblings. You know, they they were they they all got saved. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. pretty cool. Well, as we think about your role at Shepherds now, yes, and, and let's t just talk briefly about the things that you're passionate about as you're preparing especially young men for mm -hmm. pastoral leadership, expository preaching, servant yes, leadership, yes, those yes, things. Yes. What, what drives you as you as Well, you it's, it's really um, what's so exciting for me is uh, what drew me wasn't just this, this great seminary and this great church. It was this great team. And I I'm, I'm really love to be on a, a great team. Um, I love the uh, opportunities to work together with some wonderful uh, men of God who are great instructors uh, teaching the Word of God. So first off, it's a joy because I know any, any young man like Ken, uh, one of the students, uh, any, any of the young men or women who are in our, our uh, seminary, I know they're getting some phenomenal teaching in the Word of God. And I, I know theologically where they're coming from. I have no doubts about uh, what, their com what their convictions are. Um, so uh, 
Uh, they are an IFCA member seminary, uh, fully embrace IFCA uh, doctrine, so I love that about them. Um, great team, great convictions, but as far as me, what I love about it is the opportunity uh, to be able uh, to pour into the lives of these students, to share the Word of God, um, to be able uh, to, um, and, and Ken, Ken is one of our uh, Zoom students because I, I lecture in Cary, North Carolina, right outside of Raleigh, and Ken lives just right outside of Louisville. And so it's, it's really a, a, not a challenge, but it's, it's my job when I see Ken on Zoom and uh, when you took your, your, your preaching class, it was Ken in uh, Louisville and Jeremy in Laramie. So, so I, w I was always having to say things like, Ken, what do you think? And please tell us. And so I, it's my job to make sure that those people out in the, the Zoom who are Zooming, they feel part of it. So that was kind of an interesting challenge that I loved. I loved to be able to try to make sure Ken had a positive and a, and a great experience because of the fact that as a professor, I had to draw him in and not just ignore him on a computer screen. And so little did you know that was preparation for COVID. I know, exactly yeah. right. That's right. And so it's, it's amazing how that worked. Um, so what I, what I love though, uh, the classes I teach, I teach expository preaching. So I, I love to be able to help men to understand uh, this book that we are teaching is a supernatural book. God does work through his word. And so we need to be faithful, expositor, expositors of his word. Um, and I get the privilege of taking uh, the material that they have learned previously in Greek class and Hebrew class in theology class, hermeneutics class, and I get to say, okay, based on that, I assume you know those things. I assume you have those coming in. Let's now talk how to apply these things. And so that's a great joy to be able to do that because these uh, students, you know, it's a long slog. It's hard. Being in school is difficult and juggling all the, all the things that they have to juggle. And for them to come and to pay money to listen to what I have to say and to, uh, to understand my instruction, um, it's hard. So I love to encourage them and say, the work that you have been doing is now, you're, you're now about to culminate. It's now about to, to reach its culmination. The reason you came is to do this. And so that is a great privilege for me. Um, and then uh, to be able to uh, teach in ministry preparation class uh, to help people to understand um, what really is essential in ministry. Uh, we do talk about things like vision. Uh, that's important. But I put it in a context of a heart and of a life and of character. So to be able to talk about those things are really, really important. I love that class as well. That's good. I know when uh, when I was first exploring and saying, okay, where I want to pursue an MDiv degree and, and where might I do that? And one of the things that really drew me to Shepherds was the emphasis and the focus on the local church. I love the fact that it was a local church-based seminary, that, that yes. it was there on campus at the church. Yes. And the, the connection between the church and the seminary was so strong. And when I was going through the application process to be a student there, there... There was a lot of questions that I was asked that 
I, maybe other seminaries asked those questions too. I don't know, but they were all geared towards the relationship with the local church. Yes, and that was very attractive to me. But but for some people though, that might bring to mind unaccredited, hokey, yeah, duct tape sign. Yes, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, there, but it's not that way. No, no, yeah, not at all. In fact, school. yeah, it's fully accredited uh, with the Association of Theological Schools. Um, it is, and, and that's the highest level of accreditation you can receive as a seminary. Um, we have, uh, uh, like, we have world-class scholars in Hebrew and Greek. Um, we have amazing scholars across the board, some of these great men of God. So they're getting a great education that's fully accredited, um, and um, it's, it's really powerful. And so you're right, it's in a local church. By the way, uh, the, like I said, the church is, you know, a couple of thousand people. Um, and every Sunday they get to hear uh, Pastor Stephen Davey, who's the president of the seminary. He is a phenomenal uh, expositor. He is, he's just my favorite. I love to hear him preach. And then um, to know that uh, we're in the church, the, the benefit for a local, uh, for a seminary to be in a local church, um, it, I mean, there's real practical implications, like what happens if uh, the government starts to become heavy-handed and starts shutting down? Well, they're not going to be shutting down churches um, as easily as they could shut down an unaccredited school somewhere, unaffiliated with anything. But in our, um, in our church, we have some amazing men who serve as elders. And those elders, they're not the board of directors for the seminary, but when those elders themselves take classes, it's a blessing for, for them and for the professors, but it's also some accountability that some seminaries um, who are unaccountable, they start drifting, and we can't drift. Uh, if we do, it'll be at the same time the church is drifting because the church is right there. We meet in the church facilities, um, which, by the way, are really magnificent. They're beautiful. Yeah, they are beautiful. Uh, so um, all that to say, it's a great relationship between um, a seminary and a church. And uh, for, like, for example, the seminary professors, they're teaching in the church all the time. And the church people know them. And uh, so we walk through the hallways, the busy hallways of church, and I'm rubbing shoulders with elders and deacons and regular people, and I teach full-time in an adult Bible fellowship with about 120 people uh, that meet, and you know, I get that opportunity to teach Sunday school, just lessons just like a regular guy does you know, in, in church ministry, so it's a great blessing for everyone. Thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, you guys for are great. For anybody who might be interested, uh, check out shepherds.edu. Yep. Check out the degree programs there. Some new exciting degree programs yep. that have been starting up. There's one new archaeology. Archaeology. I mean, think yeah. of this. Um, our, our, our archaeology degree is, is brand new. Plus, I forgot to say this, that uh, the students who come and uh, are, in, are enrolled uh, before they graduate, we have, we have people who've underwritten a trip to Israel 
for us students. So you come to our school, um, you go to Israel, and you're led in Israel uh, by Dr. Doug Bookman, who is a uh, you know, phenomenal uh, expert in the lands of the Bible, plus the provost of the school, Dr. Tim Sigler, Jewish background. Uh, he's not only is fluent in reading and writing Hebrew, but speaking it, modern Hebrew. Um, he uh, is able to do all kinds of things. So the, the, the school is really oriented to the, the, the land of the Bible, the words of the Bible, because of the work the Bible talks about of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. So it's a great place. Well, Dr. Lester, we really appreciate you. Thanks, you guys. This is great. <laughs>